0: This episode on what's in a story, we will be talking about My Hero Academia and Attack on Titan. Viewer discretion is advised. There may be spoilers. Welcome back to What's in the Story, your one-stop shop for two random people critically assessing various forms of media and talking like we're actual experts. I'm Mega, and I'm Fat, and welcome to the show. Today's topic is what makes a good main character, and we will specifically be looking at anime and manga. Today we will be looking at two characters who have various positive and negative traits that shape their given stories. Our first character will be Izuku Midoriya from My Hero Academia, as an example of a main character that falls flat in quite a few regards. Depth is a key
1: part in making a main character interesting and helps the viewer and reader become invested in the character's struggles. We have Midoriya, who is consistently less interesting than the supporting cast of My Hero Academia and lacks major character growth that some of the characters have.
0: Midoriya starts off as your typical shonen crybaby. Yeah. Uh At first he doesn't have a quirk. Then he rushes in to save uh, someone that he knows. And he is given a quirk. Jonathan isn't necessarily too bad. But it does seem kind of sudden. Because Midoriya hasn't shown very many heroic qualities. Except for wanting to become a hero. And jumping into a certain death. But... As time goes on, he does get a little bit more competent, and he does learn, but after a certain point, after around the sports festival, he kind of stops growing, necessarily. He continues to get better with his quirk, he still continues to uh, influence the lives of others, but it is all in ways that he's already been established to act. When he's up against Muscular in order to save, to save Kota, he, he jumps in without thinking too much.
1: Which we know he does often. It's not something he hasn't done before. He's done this before.
0: And while he his first thought was, how do I escape with him? It did ultimately turn out to just be a struggle where, again, Midoriya just throws everything he has at uh, Muscular and hopes that it works. And it is, well, it is more interesting than a character like Tanjiro, who just is a good person for the sake of being a good person. But actually does, like, he cares about people, and he acknowledges that there are bad people, but he doesn't automatically think, oh yeah, I have to, he thinks about how he can subdue villains and how he can get information yeah. from them. He is significantly smarter than a character yeah. like Tanjaro. He's
1: actively thinking about things during the fights, not just gotta beat him up. He wants to learn things, run if that needs to be the case, which he should have done with Kota better, which in the circumstances he could not because his legs were not very well equipped, as they were kind of broken, uh, literally. So he couldn't quite run, so I. The logical decision was to fight because otherwise they
0: would have both been captured and probably killed. Absolutely. That's kind of Muscular's whole shtick. But Midoriya is a character who on his own isn't honestly that bad, but it's his lack of character growth that really puts him in like the backseat relative to other characters in the series. Because Outside of the initial, like, training uh, segment of the series and uh, getting into UA, he doesn't really change that much. But throughout the entire uh, sports festival, we kept getting the other characters. And they kept showing off what they could do and going through personal change. The best example of that is Todoroki. Yeah. Because in... The school uh, festival, he went from really being a non-character. He, yeah. We knew about him. We knew that he was really strong and really capable, but we knew nothing about yeah, him. He was just moody all the time, and
1: there wasn't really a reason for the moodiness. It was just, I'm moody to be moody. And
0: then we get his backstory, and we understand why he feels that way. And using Midori as a catalyst, he does change. He does get better. He understands that his power is his own, and if he wants to save people with it, that's his choice, not his father's. And Midoriya, throughout all of Season 2, and most of Season 3, acts, again, as a catalyst for yeah. other characters' chain.
1: And, for example, we have Tenya Ida, who, during the sports festival, didn't want to just be Another shadow to Deku, who he had really kind of been up until this point. So he joined uh, a different team so he could show off who he is as a character and not just be, oh, I'm helping the main character, which really pushed him to grow and change. And we see what Ida can do as a team leader and as this horse in the idea of just being the super fast, super powerhouse character and not, hey, I'm just going to help this other character out grew and changed and we saw his ideals and his motives. We got a lot of flashbacks and inner thoughts from Ida during those moments where we saw these changes occur and Midoriya was a catalyst to that. If he had not been there, Ida wouldn't have gone, gotten these changes and growth, which you can't really have your main character just be the catalyst to stuff. You want them to drive stories.
0: Exactly. Midoriya is not a bad character. Midoriya is a bad main character because his his agency is fully reactionary because he does want to be the number one hero but every challenge that actually shows up in the story, he's being reactive to. Even, uh, even some things that it seems like he's being proactive in, he's not. For example, when he Was trying to learn full cowling. It was... His... That is why he uh, went to Gran Torino. So that he could learn more about One For All. But the entire reason why he needed to learn full cowling. Is because he kept breaking his bones. And he wasn't... his His effectiveness was going down as time went on. And Midoriya needs... A certain level of agency in the story itself and that is an aspect that he just doesn't gain like for a very very long time and he is a fantastic character in the sense that other characters really need him to grow and evolve but it automatically pushes Midoriya down by him lifting all the other characters up Well, that does fit his character really well, actually. It's a very in-character for him. It doesn't make for a very interesting main character. There's one more character who... while I don't... I would love him to be a main character. I don't think... Has some of the qualities he would need. Yeah. I think he fully embraces Midoriya as a catalyst. And that is Katsuki Bakugo. My oh, fa- yeah, my favorite character in the series. Bakugo at the beginning, could be loosely described as super abrasive. Uh, yeah. That is a kind way of putting it. He is kind of a horrible person. And, like, at a certain point we start to understand why he's like that. But it's only through All Might... In Midoriya, that we actually see the internal thoughts of Bakugo. And it, the scene where Bakugo confronts Midoriya, is the best scene in the series, if you ask me. I would also agree. It is a fantastic scene. And Midoriya is not the star of it. No. In no way is he the star of it. At no point has Midoriya shown that he drives the story. And neither does Bakugo, but but Bakugo and Todoroki and Ida, they all evolve yeah. and grow and just makes Midoriya seem so boring in comparison. Who just hasn't really
1: changed or grown much in four seasons, while these other supporting characters have changed and grown a lot is not even the same character that he was at no. the beginning. Like, he is. He definitely is. He's, a, yeah. he... He's still abrasive, but he has a little softer, and he works with teams a lot better. He's not a solo mission anymore. Like,
0: Bakugo's goal has remained the same. He wants to win. He wants to be strong. But it is through Midoriya and All Might that he realizes that winning means protecting people. And that is something that is super super important to his character
1: and he definitely would not have learned without Midoriya who was that catalyst to inspire that change in Bakugo and be like hey I need to not just prioritize myself but also other people and save others so I can be the best
0: but all that really makes Midoriya suffer Midoriya is not a bad character but he does not play the role of a main character he plays a role as a supporting character to everyone else. And it's very interesting to watch if you like the other character, but not him. As a main character, you don't feel like he is necessary. You feel like he is kind of an ex machina at certain points.
1: Yeah.
0: In the raid with uh, Chisaki, he... ...is there to be the unstoppable force. But Midori- I mean... ...Mirio gets all of the character. His relation, ...Midori's relationship with Eri is also pretty in-depth... ...but Mirio also has a better relationship with Eri. Yeah. So it really makes arcs kind of awkward to, to read because you expect midoriya the main character to be you know the main character in an arc yeah. but he never really is in the uh, in the league of villains raid on the camp bakugo's the main character yeah. he's who they're after yeah. and he has he has a lot of the character moments and while midoriya did have most of the fights well one fight and a chase sequence which was still quite important to the story but he wasn't the he wasn't the catalyst for the story yeah he's a catalyst for characters
1: so and many characters need to be the catalyst to the story and we the intro to my hero is this is my story of how I became the strongest hero which you would think oh so it's gonna be a lot more focus on him which it kind of is but not really he is just supporting other characters. He's not supporting the story, which a main character should be doing. Side characters support other characters. Role models support other characters. The main character should not be supporting other characters.
0: Well, he he should support other characters, but that shouldn't be his primary functionality. Yes. So, Midoriya is an example of a good character who does not fit the role of a main character, at least for most of the series. So... After that, we have to look at a good example of a main character, and I can...
1: Very good example.
0: I can think of no better uh, example than Aaron Yeager. Now, for a message from our sponsor.
1: Chairs. Have you ever been like, ah, shucks, my legs are tired. I wish I could rest them, but I don't want to lay down. I've been walking so much, but I just want to take a little rest. Now, chairs. They've been around forever, but you can sit in them and not be laying down in your bed or on the dirty ground. You may say, but I love the ground. But here's what chairs have. They're higher up so you can look down on all your enemies. Don't you like to look down on your enemies? I know you do. And most of the time, they're clean. It's crazy. Chairs. Use them. Buy them. Thank you, chairs.
0: Midoriya is a character that has a hard time standing out amongst the diverse cast of My Hero Academia. He lacks the depth required to remain an interesting character for a long period of time. On the other hand, there's a character that reshapes the structure of the story through his drive and motivation, a character that remains interesting throughout the entire series, Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan. we're talking about Aaron Yeager, the first thing you have to talk about is his development throughout the series. As At the start of the series, Aaron starts off as a typical shonen protagonist in a world that forces him to be reactive. Because of this, Aaron is forced to evaluate his own beliefs and morality and acting on what he believes is right, even if the
1: world disagrees. At the beginning of the story, Aaron sees the world as very black and white where humans are good and Titans are evil. He is unable to process why Annie would choose to be on the other side and kill humans when the humans are good, that they shouldn't be the ones being killed. Titans should be the one being killed. But she sees the world as the opposite. And this comes to a point where they have very clashing views and they come to a boiling point and have an all-out fight.
0: Yeah. And basically, Annie is completely in the wrong in aaron's point of view because he doesn't know anything about the outside world he just understands that titans are what are keeping him and the other humans inside the walls and to aaron his number one uh priority is freedom anyone who takes away freedom is not considered human to him when he is a kid uh after mikasa is captured by kidnappers he walks up to them, completely takes the thought of them as humans out of his brain, and kills two of them as a child yeah. without remorse. Them. And this is a fantastic example of why interesting characters don't have to be agreeable. I don't know about you, but as a 10-year-old kid, my first reaction would not be, hey, let's kill these people. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. But Aaron's original point of view in the series is very much people who take away freedom are bad. People who have freedom are good. And at a certain point, it kind of shifts to people who don't have freedom are bad. But at at least at the beginning of the series, it is...
1: You take away my freedom, you are bad. Yeah. If you want the freedom, you are good.
0: And he sees Titans as the ultimate form of taking away freedom. So when he sees that Annie is a Titan shifter and attacks other humans, he, he has an internal crisis for a little bit, thinking no, humans are good. How could this happen? Uh, and eventually, instead of saying, Okay, maybe she has a good reason for this. He turns he turns a switch and automatically is like, Okay, she's evil. Yeah. There's no there's no morality in there.
1: In a very similar way he pulled the thought of those guys he killed as just not humans. He just removes humanity from Annie and just like, She is bad, she's a Titan, she is evil, I will end her.
0: Which is very interesting because he is a titan shifter too, but he never thinks about himself that way. No, not once. And this adds up because as time goes on, he finds out that Reiner and Bertholdt are also titan shifters. But Reiner has been like has been like a role model for Eren throughout kind of the entire training. Big
1: brother. Big brother.
0: Yeah, a Brig brother. Brig brother. <laughs> uh, and it is complete. It boil. It comes to a boiling point, and Aaron, at a certain point, just says, "I am going to kill you all in the most painful way possible." Yeah, and it absolutely just shows exactly what kind of character he is at the beginning. And if that was his character th- throughout the entire series, I think he would be an interesting main character. But it wouldn't. Be the same because after a little while during season four, he enters Marley and he infiltrates and begins to live with them and understand that these are people too. They have a right to live and they're trying to gain their freedom from the Eldians but Aaron doesn't want his freedom taken away, and he doesn't want his friend's freedom to take away to be taken away. So he confronts Reiner and says, I understand how you feel. I think we are we're we're the same.
1: Yeah. Very similar
0: in their thought processes. And Aaron even says I I'm sorry for trying to... He doesn't say I'm sorry for trying to kill you, but he tries to ignore what he said about trying to kill them in the most painful way possible. He mellows out, and unlike early on in the series, he is completely calm, which is kind of scary for Aaron, because he is the very definition of never calm. Never. Not once. Very like. Yeah. And to see him calm is... Actually, horrifying yeah. from our perspective, the reader or watcher, Aaron becomes way more threatening than a Reiner or Bertholdt ever ever were. And it comes to—I was about to say a boiling point, but we've already used that three—we've to- already used that twice. Uh, <laughs> but Aaron tells Reiner. I have to fight. And then proceeds to... Turn into a titan... Right under... An apartment building. Proceeds to kill a bunch of innocent people... Uh... Uh... Willy Tiber... And... Mm -hmm. A bunch of military leaders. Just so he could get... The Warhammer titan power. Which... Is an insane level of change... Over such a small span of time for us because there was a four year time. It was four years. So he was there for a very long time. He wasn't there for four years. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he had a lot of time to change and all of the decisions he made make perfect sense, but he seems to be so extreme towards the end. And, as a main character, it's kind of our not our natural reaction to try and relate to them and agree with them. With Aaron Yeager, it's kind of hard to agree yeah. with what he's doing. You're not supposed to agree with him. But the reader understands him. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. Is that Aaron Yeager is a very understandable character.
1: Yeah. You can definitely see if you were put in that position and... All these things happen to you, why you would come to these conclusions and why you would have these thought processes. As much as you don't quite agree with them because you haven't lived through them, you understand why Eren chooses to do these things. And it's
0: just that natural character development that puts him on a completely different level from a character like Midoriya, who is just kind of a stagnant character. Like he grows in power and like understanding, but not necessarily as as a person, but Aaron absolutely grows and evolves by an unfathomable amount, yeah, and it never feels unnatural. It feels like a a reasonable place for his character to go, not necessarily if you just look at point A and point B. Yeah.
1: You're like, ah, uh, that doesn't make sense how he got there. But if you look at A, B, and C, you go, oh, I see why he makes the decision And why he got to that C point of just wanting to kill all those people.
0: I think you should have added a D in there. You said C too many times. But Aaron is on a completely different level of character like... It's hard to explain why this works so well, but it fully, it's fully dependent on, he kind of, he kind of becomes the main villain of the series. Yeah. Like, just straight up. But you never feel like he's evil. You just feel like everything that he does has a reason and it's a reason you can relate to. Though you can't necessarily relate to what he's doing, and it creates a f- a fantastic ambiance behind his character, because at a certain point you're like, I thought Aaron cared about these people,
1: yeah,
0: or I think a- I thought Aaron would go about this a different way, and when you look at all of his actions, they make sense, but he is the mystery of the series. He is the driving force of everything that happens after season three. Which
1: is a very good thing for a main character to have is to drive the story and not be reactive like Midoriya. He is very proactive in his decisions and pushes the stories to move along and characters to evolve with him. As he changes his morals, the rest of the world and characters around him also change and grow. Which is what a main character does.
0: Yeah, and, and it's not necessarily that they grow and change in morality or anything, but they... Their values are reassessed. Their goals are reassessed because of Aaron Yeager showing up. Aaron Yeager is the biggest threat in the world for the Marleans, Yes. And thus, the entire world wraps around, hey... How do we stop Aaron Jaeger? And it's something that has actually become more prevalent in shows uh, as time has gone on. Because in Jujutsu Kaisen, there's Gojo, where the entire story is about the villains trying to stop him. Yes. Uh, and it's it completely changes the way that the story is told and how the reader views The world, the characters, everything about it. And it's... If done poorly, this can definitely ruin a series. Attack
1: on Titan is a very special case. Exactly. how they did it, they did it very well. And were kind of lucky to do it as well as they did. I'm sure the writer knew what they were doing. But it also... A little bit of luck that they ended up writing how it did.
0: I think Isayama definitely... Just put all the pieces together perfectly. I think if this was a different time, or if it was slightly different, people would not like Attack on Titan as much as they do. But Aaron Yeager has proven himself as definitively one of the best written main characters in manga and anime history. Agreed. A main character is a very important part of any story. A character needs to be able to keep the reader's interest throughout a series, needs to have some important impact on a series, Uh, and I believe Izuku Midoriya kind of suffers from a lack of depth cliche character traits, and generally doesn't act as a fundamentally sound main character. While Aaron Yeager, on the other hand, is one of the best main characters in anime and manga history due to his growth and impact on Attack on Titan, on the Attack on Titan world. Uh, you don't have to be a Jaegerist to understand why Eren is doing the things that he's doing. Uh, agreeing isn't really part of what makes him a good character. It's no. understanding. Yeah. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of What's in a Story, where we're, where we will be talking about the differences between American cartoons and Japanese anime.